0: and welcome to Misfits on Vinyl. My name is Spencer Strykert. I am a comedian and one of your hosts. I'm Aaron Walsh. I'm also a host, not a comedian, but an actor. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I was thinking about that last week. I was like, I don't know if I'd describe myself as that anymore. But I mean, I would say that if you've done it, you're an actor. Fair enough. There's, You know what I hate is when I tell people that I'm an actor and then they go oh, that's cool. When I was in high school, I used to do plays. I'm like, mm, yeah, that's like saying I have a cat, so I'm basically a vet, you know? Mm,
1: similar, yes. I can agree with that. I can agree to that. Like, agree to I'm that. like, that's not the same thing. Uh, like, Fair enough.
0: You did not have millions of dollars on the line if you fucked up in your high school play. <laughs> no. Well, I've also
1: never had millions of dollars
0: on the line for anything I've done in my life. So, Except for this podcast. That's true. That's yeah, free. just so that everybody knows, since the first episode, things have gotten a lot better. We have mic stands now, mm-hmm. um, uh, brought to you by Sam Sam the Tech Man. because We uh,
1: got a pee-pee whack. We got a pee-pee uh,
0: whack. We right ep- on the tip of the pee-pee.
1: <laughs> right at the first episode, we like were the- like Roger Daltrey swinging the mics around, <laughs> a little
0: willy-nilly with the audio. And uh, Sam had to do a lot of fixing. Um, yeah. <laughs> now we've learned but we also get to give him shit because as we were about to start two hours ago, uh, Sam forgot the interface and had to go home and then come back. So we're starting two hours late because of Sam. Sam the tech man. So, so. before
1: we started, we all stood in a circle and with rulers and whacked each other's peepees yeah. for
0: half an hour. That
1: also delayed the start today. Which, by uh, the way,
0: if you've ever heard a penis getting whacked with a fucking ruler, it sounds amazing. It does. It sounds it's got really a. Nice. It's got a nice little. To it, I don't know if it sounds like that. It sounds more like a sh- like a slap, you know. Well, yours sounds like a slap. Mine sounds like a. <laughs> yours sounds like a little little bell. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I got a little. I got a little dingle dangle. Okay, he fucking goes back and forth between the Nazis. I got two really. Hey, it rests on top so real tiny. nicely. Yeah, it's got a little perch like an eagle, like an eagle. That's how you should describe it. Dude, it's like it's, it, my my dick kind of looks like elf's nose <laughs> uh, you know what i like that my dick's like a button in a fur coat mm, nice <laughs> i like that my dick looks like the worm from tremors mm. <laughs> you keep going i want to see how far you how many you can come up with my, my dick's so small you'd think it's jason kenny's approval ratings Ooh. 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 very tiny that's, Ask, yeah. that's also very topical, going into the leadership race. <laughs> very, very topical. Very topical. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah. not, not for
1: our podcast. Not for our podcast. Not on
0: topic for our podcast. No, because everybody that's listening, like as we found out from the first episode, we have fans literally all around the world. Sure do. Yeah. Uh, Czechoslovakia, thank you so much. That is not a country anymore. <laughs> Yugoslavia. <laughs> I want to shout out to Yugoslavia and all the all the parts of the USSR. Yeah, I I, I really our uh, our friends in the Ukraine. Thank you for listening while you're mm. fighting a war. I, I appreciate that. Um, and shout out to the new annexed territories in Russia. <laughs> Putin's really doing it legitly. He's really uh, uh, he's really Putin in the work. Ooh. Okay, so <laughs> let's put uh, that one away. Let's uh, let's 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 first let's uh, let's start things off by uh, mentioning uh, because Sam Sam's Tech Man is actually a uh, a, a brewist, a brewer, a brewer. I uh, I liked brewist. <laughs> Sounds a little more official. It does.
1: Sam works at a local brewery, also one of my favorite breweries, makes delicious one beers. One of mine too. So uh, we got a nice beer from Cabin this week. This is the Wanderlust. 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 It is a das good beer. beer, a fest
0: beer. It's a strong beer, six percent, just how I like it. And uh, you know, I'm excited because we not only have a great beer brought to you by Cabin Brewing, we also have good mugs for the pod brought to you by my girlfriend and Indigo. Yeah, <laughs>
1: so.
0: Um, so we're gonna crack these and pour these. Uh, what we do? I'm gonna just uh, I'm gonna plug some dates here coming up in Calgary. Uh, I got on the twenty first of October. Uh, I'm gonna be at Confluence uh, Distilling. Uh, and, uh, then on the 23rd of October, I'm going to be at Born Brewing. So we got a couple of comedy shows for any Calgary listeners out there. I like this is actually going to fit a whole beer. I know. Uh, this is going to be hard to drink from. It's got a square top, but yeah, the, the mugs
1: aren't really great for drinking, but we're going to see how it goes. We're
0: going to see how it goes. I, um, here, cheers. Yeah. Cheers. You know what? Cheers. That actually sounded good too. Yeah, it did. Hmm. Ooh, good work, Sam. That's yeah. delicious. That is very tasty uh, beer. It's super tasty. Good work, Damn. Sam. That is wonderful. last is wonderful. Um, okay, so uh, in the past week, uh, uh, well, it's been two weeks. Yes. Um, <laughs> so Aaron was actually very early for the podcast.
1: Uh, <laughs> yeah, last Saturday.
0: <laughs> this is the best thing. So I I had a gig in Cranbrook last week uh, with Brittany Lysing. I was opening for her. She fucking killed it, by the way. Shout out to Brittany. Shout out, uh, Brittany. Shout out, Brittany. Uh Brittany and I were like about an hour and a half out of the city. Uh, and I get a phone call from Aaron and he's like, Hey man. Yeah. I'm just a little bit early. Uh, it's like 1230 in the afternoon. He's like, yeah, I'm just a little bit early. Uh, uh, are you home? I was like, no. He's like, <laughs> all right. Uh, well, I just, I, I got here cause we're doing the podcast. I'm like, no man, we're doing next week. We're doing mm. two of them. Uh, and the best part about this though is that Brittany and I, literally before you phoned, had been talking about how when people don't actively listen when you're talking to them, and I was like... Are you kidding me? This is the best timing ever.
1: I am very guilty of that, and then, funny enough, kind of ironic, I was like 20 minutes late today, so <laughs> <laughs>
0: also pretty funny. Yeah, I was also late today. But um, I'm going to go with that you were uh, you were a week early. Yeah, I was a week early. You were a week early. I think that's a that's a better way to go from By the way, gig in Cranbrook, great. Nice. Really Glad good. Glad to hear it. Really good. Uh, sold out show. Nice. Which was nice. Uh, surprisingly really fun audience. They were older. Mm. Much older. Um, like, uh, well, not all of them, but most of them were like, you know, fifties and upwards. Mm -hmm. And that's not usually my demographic. No, no, not my demographic at all. Uh, venue was really cool. It was like long venue. Uh, and afterwards, uh, the guy that was the host at the gig, uh, he used to be a military vet. Or, well, he is a military vet. He <laughs> used he's in to the be the military. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> I don't know if you can get discharged from being a vet. No, I don't think you can. I don't think you can. Uh, but he uh, he was a military vet. It was super dope, though. We went to this place to go have food, and I had this, like, chili that had elk. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Rogan, keep going. Keep going. It elk, yeah. and had elk, boar, beef. Uh, there was, like, three other meats in it. Mm. Dude, I have never had a more beautiful poop the next morning at 6 a.m. <laughs> that was the meat sweats, though, when you are oh, eating it, though. Dude, Holy... I got done this chili, and I was drenched. <laughs> like, I was drenched. It was so much more meat than there was beans. Ooh. Like, the fiber content in that was not very high. Nice. I was definitely shitting, shitting heavy the next day. And then Brittany slept in through her alarm. And we had to get back to Calgary for, like, she was going to a brunch. Speeding <laughs> like so, the whole way back. I, I Dude, I, I was literally like, I was like, do I need to wake her up? I'm like, no, you know what? She's probably really tired. So I just sat in the hotel room and watched fucking Knowledge Network for a few hours. I was watching some New Zealand soap opera. Nice. Yeah, it was really cool. Like that. A lot of people died. I watched the New Zealand soap opera recently, actually.
1: The Lord of the Rings, I watched all
0: three. <laughs> ah! Awesome. Awesome Yo, as I remember. You uh, know what? Uh, have you seen. Sorry, the computer was about to shut off. Have you seen the new series yet? I have not. Yeah, I don't really want to watch it.
1: Neither do I. Um, w- I will say that one thing. The third one, <laughs> The Return of the King. It kind of sucks. Not to be controversial, it's not as good as the first two. The, the first Academy Award winning film sucks. Yeah. 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 It's not as good as the other two. I,
0: I think I think Two Towers is the best.
1: I would agree with that. Yeah. But he kind of goes into his, like, horror, kind of campy horror past a little bit in the third one. Mm. But one thing I do love, and I've been saying this all week, I love the way, well, I, I know they're not called elephants, but I love the way Sam says, look, Mr. Frodo, it's an oily font. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, I've been saying it all week. I'm like, it's like so funny to me for some reason.
0: But Dude, my favorite thing about that movie is like, uh, like the clerks to... Randall shitting on The Lord of the Rings because I love those <laughs> movies, but I couldn't help but laugh my ass off. It is off. funny. It's it is so funny. good. I haven't seen Clerks 2 in a long time. That's uh, one of my favorite movies. Shout out to Kevin Smith, uh, mm-hmm. sponsor of the podcast. He He's a Patreon subscriber. Um, sure <laughs> he sure is. He sure is. He sure is. Comic book men. It's, it's honestly brother. probably the best thing that he's done in 15 years. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. Alright, so as you know, <laughs> what? Tusk! Tusk, alright, Tusk. <laughs> Yeah, I forgot about that. I did like it the first time. Red State, actually. You know what? Red State, great mm, movie. Never seen it. Uh, Really good. Mm. Um, Okay, so, as you know, Misfits on Vinyl, each week, we review one of our favorite albums. Yes, sir. And we go through the events that shaped it, the artists themselves. Uh, we go through a little bit of everything, and then at the end, we give it a review. Uh, This week, I guess we got the big reveal now. Yeah. Big reveal. Big reveal. <laughs> big you, reveal. Can you grab it? I think I can. This uh, week... We are going to be doing Rumors by Fleetwood Mac. Mm -hmm. Round of applause. God, I don't know what the fuck is happening now. The can. Jesus Christ. You know what? Leave it. Fuck it. Um, We deserve that. That's our fault. Um, Mm -hmm. Yeah, Rumors from Fleetwood Mac. Uh, It was their... Well, I mean, let's just get into it. It was their 11th studio album, Mm -hmm. which I didn't know until we were doing this podcast. I thought it was their second album. (laughs)
1: Yeah. Well, second Buckingham Knicks, right? Yeah. Yeah. Second
0: Buckingham Knicks, which is real Fleetwood Mac. I agree. Um, Everything beforehand, I started listening to some of their older stuff, and it was very bluesy, which Mm. was not bad, but their biggest hit, Albatross, is a three-minute instrumental that just repeats itself. Mm. It's not great.
1: So they've... They've stepped it up coming mm-hmm. into this album. The one before that had Rhiannon, Rhiannon, landslide,
0: landslide. Mm-hmm. Yep, both really good songs um, that are on their greatest hits. Yeah, Albatross is actually I think on their greatest hits, which is weird. Mm-hmm. Um, but really good, uh, really good first album that came out of the gate with them. Uh, this album was originally going to be a pop album. Mm. Definitely not a pop album. No, definitely more like folk rock. Folk rock, definitely
1: some late 70s rock sort of vibes, um, a little, I'd say it is, some songs are definitely a little pop rocky, um, but overall it's got a strong, strong folk influence all over it, um, yeah, strong folk influence, um, Also, strong cocaine influence. Very strong cocaine (laughs) influence. And a a little tinge of divorce and breaking up. Yeah, just Uh, a little
0: bit. God damn. Like, how depressing that must have been to be in that studio. Yeah, we were talking about this before we hopped on, but... So, Mick Fleetwood
1: is getting divorced. Yep. John McVie, Chris McVie, getting Getting divorced. divorced. Buckingham, Lindsey Buckingham, Stevie Nicks, breaking up. They're in an on-again, off-again sort of relationship, but they're in the off-again part. They're in the off-again
0: part. Until they get back on again for a little bit. And, mm-hmm. then <laughs> and then they're off again. then uh, they're off again. It's really interesting uh, because this album, first of all, it, it, it is the breakup album. Mm-hmm. Um, everything about it is like every single song is about recovering from some form of a breakup yep. or relapsing into your partner. Yeah, like secondhand news is totally just a relapse song. It's like, hey, I know that you're not into me anymore, but I'll fuck you at any point. Yeah, that's all that song is. You got uh, okay. you got uh, the one song that does not really fit that we talked about earlier. The Mm -hmm. chain Mm -hmm. like you can never break the chain. You fucking can. Yeah, they They broke it. (laughs) They have. They've broken a lot. (laughs) Yeah. They've broken it uh, recently. Mm-hmm. Uh, in 2018, they got rid of uh, Lindsey Buckingham. Yeah, he's so, no longer in the band. No longer in the band, even though he's the hands-down best part of the band. Yep. Um, I was watching a, uh, I was watching an interview that they did on, on uh, uh, Good Morning America, and it was all five of them. Uh, uh, Christy, Stevie, Lindsey, John, and Mick. And Mick was the only person who looked like he wanted to be there. Mm. Everyone else looked very angry yeah stevie and christy were being very catty to each other which is funny because now they're like in their 70s so was... <laughs> they, they can't get over it too <laughs> and you think like it's, it's arguably worse now i mean
1: back then at least they were working together yeah uh, making new music now they're just touring so now I, they're just touring. It's a miserable existence
0: terrible existence yeah it's literally that uh th- the only thing i can compare it to is like the road comics who like used to be good they never, like, they got their hour, they mm-hmm. never changed it, and now they're still doing it 30 years later, but they're playing, like, bumfuck pubs. Yeah. It's that except if they were famous.
1: Yeah, and I mean, they're still doing, like, they're, they sold out the Saddle Dome a couple of years ago, that sort of thing. They're still doing big, big, big shows, but, like, imagine... Getting divorced like 40 years ago and having to hang out with your ex every day for like six six to eight months. How miserable would that be?
0: Okay, so one of the things that we got to talk about with this album is uh, so Fleetwood Mac's lineup at the time consisted of guitarist and vocalist Lindsey Buckingham, Mm -hmm. drummer Mick Fleetwood, keyboard player and vocalist Christy McVie, Mm -hmm. uh, bass guitarist John McVie, and vocalist Stevie Nicks. Uh, after six months of non-stop touring, the McVees divorced, which we've, we've talked about, ending eight years of marriage, Buckingham and Nix, who had just joined the band, also broke up, and then, uh, uh... Oh, uh, fuck. Now I lost where I was. Mick Fleetwood. Oh. Yep. He's uh, getting divorced as well. Getting divorced from his wife and mother of his two children.
1: And he's also struggling with alcoholism. Yep. And there's a huge drug problem throughout the entire band. Mm. I mean, I can't imagine how good the Coke was in like 1970, <laughs> 76, oh, but they're doing all of it.
0: I, I imagine that pure cocaine would have been better.
1: Yeah. They were really deep in the Coke. Really deep, all the time, especially they were the nose recording. deep in it. Yeah, nose deep in <laughs> it. definitely <laughs> nose deep in it for the like a good chunk of the re- recording process, the touring after. Um, And I mean, the subsequent years after, they all, you know, struggled with addiction problems. Um, You know, some some of them dabbling into
0: horse tranquilizers. Yeah. Um, One member in particular (laughs) who then had a really interesting solo career that I actually really enjoy. I I, love The Edge of Seventeen. I I love The Edge of Seventeen, just like a one-legged dog. Mm -hmm. I also love it in uh, School of Rock. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah.
1: um, What's her face? Yeah. uh, he's in um, High Fidelity. What's mm, his name? Uh, John Cusack. Yeah, his sister, Joan. Yeah. Joan, that's who it is. Yeah, she sings <laughs> it in, in School of Rock. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Okay.
0: Um, okay, so other thing that I found out about this album, they had fired their longtime producer, uh, Keith Olsen, mm. because he didn't want to have any emphasis on the rhythm section.
1: Mm, that's interesting. I didn't know that. Because
0: that's literally the biggest part of the album. Yeah. From a musical standpoint, the rhythm section. This is a rhythm-based album.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, yeah, so they, they got rid of him. And then uh, Mick and John formed a company called CD Management. Nice. It's a good name. <laughs> and that's what they then were producing under.
1: Okay. And this was recorded... In San Francisco or in the area, right? Yeah, it was in the Bay Area somewhere. Bay Area, okay. Nice. Um,
0: and and uh, the three guys lived in the bunkhouse that was near the studio, like on the same property. Mm-hmm. But Christy and Stevie lived near the ocean, miles away, in two separate apartments. <laughs> Nobody really wanted to spend time with each other, right? no. I don't think.
1: No, and one thing I learned too is uh, uh, John and Christy, they only talked about... Music. That was mm. it. They didn't talk about their personal lives. They barely spoke at all, unless it had to do something with composing the songs or, you know, an artistic choice on the album. Other than that, they were not on speaking terms, which is interesting. You know, this is their, arguably, you know, their best album. Definitely their most successful most album. Most successful, for sure. Um, you know, you could make arguments on what's People call what's it their, their best, magnum opus. What's their best album. Yeah. But, um, you know, and they were in the middle of this infighting and... Serious tension going on, but they seem to like that. And they've they've talked about that when Fleetwood Mac's at their best, when, you know, nobody can
0: get along, like. Which is weird. Mm -hmm. Uh, Sorry, there was a weird pause there. I I, I fucking hated (laughs) that. I thought you were going to talk, but you didn't. No, I just moved. I just had to uh, move the the thing Mm -hmm. down to my notes. It's technical difficulties. Technical difficulties. Sam, fix that. Sam, Sam the tech man. What the (laughs) fuck? Why is my computer turning off all the time?
1: to me. Okay. sleep mode that's fair. You can turn off sleep.
0: Oh, yeah. I probably should have done that. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
1: <laughs> Turning off sleep. That's what they were doing when they were recording the album. <laughs> and doing all that coke. Doing <laughs> all that coke. No sleep required. No
0: sleep required.
1: But they did have very long hours yeah. in a long recording process. So mm-hmm. there was quite a bit of time put into this album. And even after they finished a lot of the recordings, um, Buckingham stuck around. McVie stuck around. Fleetwood stuck around to keep working on the album for mm-hmm. an initial, like four or five months. They were there twenty um, tweaking things, um, fixing the mix, that sort of thing. Um, So it was very interesting that they, you know, they split up that way. And, um, you know, they kept working on the album.
0: Well, and something else that I found out is just before they they got rid of that producer, they were originally going to be recording it in Florida, Mm. which I think would have been a very different sound.
1: There would have been different energy going on. Very (laughs) different energy. Because
0: I think like... First of all, like cocaine was pretty prevalent everywhere in the in the 70s, mm. but I feel like it would have been even worse in Florida because that was that was just at the very start of when like cocaine started to just fucking sprinkle yeah. into that area, you know?
1: Yeah, before the 80s where it really popped off. Where it
0: really popped off. They were they were drug hipsters.
1: Yeah, they were drug hipsters. They got into the coke before it was big. Yeah. Before it became crack, they were into
0: coke. <laughs> 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 Before it became a low man's drug. Yeah. Um, okay, so let's talk about the artist. Mm-hmm. Um, because I feel like we've talked about it a bit, but we gotta we gotta go back to the roots. Because I didn't realize they had formed in 1967. They had recorded ten albums. Like, their tenth album was the one that, that Nyx and Buckingham came on to. Yeah. Before that, they were like a blues band. They were mm. very bluesy. Like, I mentioned with Albatross, that weird uh, like song... But So Fleetwood Mac technically has two albums that are self-titled. Their 10th and their 1st, which is really weird. Um, But their original lineup consisted of Peter Green, who is phenomenal as a guitarist. Very, very well-established with other bands uh, in that era. Uh, Fleetwood Mac, uh, or Mick Fleetwood, fuck me. Uh, (laughs) Fleetwood Mac. uh, Mick Fleetwood was on the drums. Uh, Jeremy Spencer was a guitarist and John McVie was the bassist. Uh, and he joined right before they released their debut album. Nice. So the original lineup, very different, very Mm -hmm. different sound, very different inspiration for like what they were trying to do. And it was all British at the time too. Um, and then, uh, they experienced, yeah. So they experienced success with Albatross. Then they've had three guitar players leave in succession. By 1974. Uh, And it was like, they would have a guitar player that would do two albums and then fuck off. Mm. Um, So they were basically having sessional guitarists. And then they would have a touring guitarist that would come in and replace them. And then they would record and then they would be replaced. Very weird uh, dynamic. I kind of feel like Mick Fleetwood and John McVie maybe are a part of this.
1: Yeah, you think they? Have, I mean, they're they're definitely they're, the constants. There's so.
0: the, they're the constants. They seem like the people who have been like shit from the beginning. Mm. Um, then uh, Mick Fleetwood went to Los Angeles. He was scouting for guitarists, and he ended up finding Lindsey Buckingham. And he approached him and said, hey, I really want you to be the guitarist for uh, Fleetwood Mac. Uh, At the time, him and Stevie Nicks were a folk rock duo. And so Buckingham said, well, I'll do it if Stevie can be the vocalist. They agreed. And then they all came together and released the self-titled album Fleetwood Mac, which we all know with Landslide and Rihanna Mm -hmm. What's really funny about that, can you imagine if anyone had said no? <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
1: imagine if that didn't happen If that at all.
0: didn't fucking happen. It would have been horrible.
1: Well, think about all the, you know, hits that are just... Stevie Nicks, Lindsey Buckingham. Yeah. Their influence on the band, like, they they completely changed the sound, and yeah. the, the band grew to a bigger uh, mainstream audience. Yeah. They became hugely popular. They're, you know, one of the best-selling bands out there. Like, they got... Incredible, incredible
0: catalog of music that came after
1: Buckingham and Nick's joined,
0: And everyone fucking sucked. Mm -hmm. Like everyone else in the band comparatively sucks. Yeah. Uh, Mick Fleetwood is one of the worst drummers ever. <laughs> he's like, All of his drumming is so fucking basic.
1: He's like Ringo Starr. He's like Ringo Starr. He's just like Ringo Starr. He's just fucking
0: <laughs> there and you don't know why and it's literally like why is the drummer's last name the fucking name of the band? Mm. I don't like that.
1: No, I don't really like it that much either. It should be called
0: Buckingham it. Palace or something, you know. Mm. The New York Knicks. <laughs> <Called> <laughs> the New York
1: Knicks. <laughs> <laughs> Something stupid like that. No, I I agree. um But they they had I a huge. I feel like they
0: nix that idea. Mm. <laughs> I'm gonna nix you if you keep that up. <laughs> <laughs>
1: anyways, anywho you know you sure your audience isn't you know fifty something boomers? because your 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 jokes have Facebook written all over it oh
0: dude i uh yeah my my jokes are really bad when I'm trying <laughs> <laughs> I love that
1: should we do a notable track list
0: well we're we're still going through the uh uh oh, nice. let me just do a quick read of this uh uh oh yeah okay so um after they did uh, this album, mm-hmm. their lineup kind of remained stable for a while, but by the late '80s, it began to disintegrate. Yep, um, and that's where like Buckingham and Nix left. They went solo. They went solo. Both of them very successful solo. Mm-hmm. Uh, I love uh, Lindsey Buckingham's debut album. Like I love his his solo album. I really love a lot of Stevie Nicks's weird fucking pop hits. Mm-hmm. I I think that she, she was like the one person who really was the sound of the '70s and was the sound of the '80s. Nice, you know. That's,
1: I like that. Yeah, that that's a good point, Spencer. Yeah, I think um, like solo wise, it makes sense why they're the most successful members of the group. Yeah. Um, I I don't know if I I don't know if John went solo or Christy went solo. I've never listened to or I've never had the desire to listen to any of their solo stuff. So
0: yeah, I I've never searched it out. Either. No. Because mm-hmm. I think the problem that I have with it is that, like, Lindsey Buckingham is just so fucking gifted as a guitar player. Mm-hmm. Like, that in and of itself. Like, and, and that's not even, you know, talking about being a vocalist. Like, just as a guitar player. And Nix is such a phenomenal writer. Yep. Uh, it's not that the other musicians in the band actually are that bad. Like, I'm obviously making a joke about that, because <clears throat> there's a reason they've been around for so long. The problem is, is that... The other two are so good, yeah, that the that everyone else lives in their shadow.
1: Well, which which often happens in bands. Like you look, you go, you go through many famous bands. You know, same sort of thing. You know, you look at Genesis, Peter Gabriel, and yeah, you know, Phil Collins, yeah, huge, huge, huge
0: artists. Um, if you go through a lot of the big bands, actually, and... speaking of that, did you hear about the the Final Genesis concert? No, Peter Gabriel was in the audience watching. Was he? And Phil Collins heard about this, so he started like. Like referencing it and kind of like you know making fun of him in a light way, and he's like, "Oh, I guess that's why he's yelling, play this song and stuff." <laughs> and then uh, it was great; it was so funny. I watched the whole uh, the whole concert bootlegged. It was. I would love to do some Genesis albums in the future. Or I do would some... love to.
1: I mean, our song is Salisbury Hill. Our so, song is Salisbury Hill. Yeah.
0: Every time uh, we, every time anything uh, comes up where we can do karaoke, we do Salisbury Hill together. Mm-hmm. We did it at Kramer's in uh, in Toronto. We sure did. Uh, it, everyone hated us. It stems
1: back to I think one time we were driving in my shitty old car. Yep. And we, uh, we we had were it on down the radio 14th Street, and we were just singing it, man. I I remember it. Climbing up on, on <laughs> Salisbury Hill. Yeah. yeah, it's it's something. Every time the song comes on, I think of your ugly mug. I know. It's so
0: weird. <laughs> it's funny because a year before, I had a really beautiful mushroom experience, and that song came on, and I was with a, oh, I was with another l- person, but it was a lady. Oh, uh, and uh, we were just staring into each other's eyes, and I was like feeling the vibe, and then a year later. We're driving down 14th, and that song came on, and you and I started singing it, and that replaced the first
1: memory. I was going to say, it's much more romantic with it's me It's much more romantic with yeah. the two of us yeah. yeah, yeah, I felt the connection. <laughs> we might even held hands. I think you grabbed my cock, yeah. if I remember correctly. Yeah. I did. I yeah. did grab your cock. It's yeah. a meaty,
0: juicy cock. Yeah. I have to grab it, okay? <laughs> Thank you. It's Thank uh, you. one time, uh, I'm, this is a side note, and then we'll get back to <laughs> no, this. Don't, no, don't tell this story. I'm, I'm telling this no, story. No,
1: no, this story is not happening on the podcast. I was hammered. No. We were living... We no, were, we we're in Toronto. No, I was yeah,
0: okay. hammered. <laughs> I was sitting on the porch. Subscribe to the
1: Patreon.
0: Gonna, Subscribe to the Patreon. You're gonna embarrass me, Spencer. I'm not gonna embarrass you. Uh, I'm just gonna talk about your big meaty hog. Don't <laughs> worry. <laughs> I was, uh, I was hammered. It's like six. My girlfriend's mom's gonna listen. to this. I know. My mother is going to listen to this. Uh, <laughs> we're, we're, I'm hammered. We're, I'm mm. sitting on the fire escape, chain smoking darts. I'm, like, shirtless. I had, already,
1: I had already put him to bed, to yeah, be clear. Yeah, Aaron he had put me to bed. extremely drunk, so I, I, was, I literally put him into bed, yep. talked him in. You know, I was like, Spencer, like, stay in out. bed. Don't go out. I was
0: like, stay in bed. You're fucked up. Yep. And then uh, Aaron heard me talking on the phone to a lady I was courting at the time. Yes, he was courting. Um, I was courting. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was talking on the phone with her. Aaron had been talking to his uh, lady at the time mm-hmm. on the phone, and he heard me outside. So Aaron comes out. He opens the door. He's standing in our kitchen, and he goes... Spencer, what the fuck are you doing? And I just sat there for a second, and then I went... Yo, your dick is fucking huge. <laughs> I, I was in my boxers. I was
1: like half naked. I was like, Spencer, get the fucking side. And my, my girlfriend at the time was on the phone and she was dying laughing. She was Dude,
0: like, both the women that were on the phones with us
1: were crying yeah, laughing. And he wouldn't shut up about my dick. And then I put him back into bed. <laughs> and the next morning, I told him the story. And he's like, did I really say that? And I was like, yeah, you did.
0: <laughs> you really did. and there's one thing I can distinguish it's a meaty hog um okay speaking of meaty hogs at the inauguration of bill clinton in 1993 fleetwood mac reunited (laughs) Ah, what a transition (laughs) give the snaps sam's giving the snaps oh Oh, i love it uh yeah so they they played at the inauguration all of them uh I think they might have played secondhand news, which nice. was great coming up with the Bill Clinton events that were to come. <laughs> <laughs> I did not have sexual relations with Miss Monica Lewinsky. I did not have sexual relations I did not with that woman. Have sexual relations with that woman.
1: <laughs> I love Bill
0: Clinton. I do too,
1: even though he's a crazy pedo. Jeffrey Epstein, yeah. all that fun stuff. I, I love his his Arkansas bliss. I call it.
0: I played the saxophone. Yeah, on like he plays Hall. The
1: too. He's the Kenny G of presidents.
0: I love him. I love it. He's... I smoked marijuana, but I didn't inhale. I didn't inhale, yeah. I didn't inhale. <laughs> hey, Hillary, you want to be the president too? Hey, <laughs> Hillary. You can't. <laughs> <laughs> God
1: bless the Clintons.
0: God bless the Clintons. Mm-hmm. They killed Epstein. Uh, anyway, so uh, then they reunited uh, in 97 as well, and they released their fourth el- fourth number one album. Mm. It had a lot of live recordings on it. Nice. Uh, it was called The Dance, I believe. Um, I actually don't remember what it was, but I think it was The Dance. It had something to do with dance. It was either The Dance or The Dancer. Um, Sam will put that in in post underneath, and I'll look stupid with whatever it is. Um, and then they were all together for literally fucking 20 years after that. And then uh, in 2018, Lindsey Buckingham was fired from the band, and he was replaced by Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers guitarist Mike Campbell. Ooh. Yeah. (laughs) And Neil Finn of Split Ends and Crowded House. I do like Crowded House, but still. I like Split Ends, too. I do like Split Ends. I don't know if I...
1: You'd have to, you'd have to remind me. I got, I got True
0: Colors on vinyl. Oh, okay, we can, we can fucking jam it one all right, day. All right, all right. Yeah, it, it's a, it's a good album. Because I wouldn't
1: say I'm super familiar. I mean, I know Crowded House, but uh, I wouldn't say I'm familiar with the other stuff.
0: I think Split we, ends. yeah, we, we, all know Crowded House pretty well. Mm-hmm. I think that's like that's a, that's a, that's a one that we all know. All right, so let's talk about some notable track lists Sorry. here. Um, did you not turn off your? I did not turn off my phone? phone. God damn it. Who was it? It was, was Sam. It? Sending notes to the group chat. You're sending notes to the group chat? <laughs> me. Oh, you it's piece of shit. It's Sam Sam the Tech Man. Fuck that up. Okay? Again. Again. Again.
1: Sorry someone didn't turn their phone off. Good thing you're giving us beer, because I'd be beating your ass right now.
0: <laughs> Putting them in the back. We're if whipping our slave boy. If you weren't giving us alcohol, we'd beat the fuck out of you. <laughs> This is this is literally the relationship we have with each other. Yeah, we,
1: we lock Sam in the closet when
0: we're done. And then we take him out every two weeks. Every I... two weeks. Uh, well, it will be every week for a while. Mm-hmm. And we have some exciting stuff coming up that we're going to announce next week's episode. Yes. So, sure. Well, not next week's, but the week after. Okay. Yeah, Halloween episode. We got some fancy things to mm. talk about. Um, <laughs> I hated that. I um, didn't like the way you said that either. <laughs> um, okay, so Notable Tracks. Uh, there was four singles that broke the top ten. You got Go Your Own Way, Dreams, Don't Stop, and You Make Love and Fun. Nice. I think out of all of those songs, Dreams is my favorite.
1: I mean, Dreams is the the big, big song off this album. I mean, I love You Make Love and Fun. Mm-hmm. Do
0: you believe <laughs> in miracles?
1: So good. So good. I but...
0: have a feeling it's time to try.
1: But dreams obviously is the big track, which recently had a massive, massive resurgence, resurgence because of TikTok. Dog,
0: yeah, Dogface four twenty, he uh, he shared it with the very famous video where he's drinking cranberry juice, longboarding, longboarding, uh, and honestly, like a that was. I'm not one to normally be like I love viral trends. That one made me happy.
1: Yeah, that was a that was a good video. And I liked the way it blew up. I mean, yeah you see <laughs> McFleetwood was doing so he lives in Hawaii now, yeah. right? And he was like doing something in Hawaii, responding. And it was
0: blowing up everywhere. Yeah. Stevie Nicks fucking did the same thing. She put on roller skates and started drinking cranberry juice as well. Like it was fucking so cool. And like I I really liked that that brought that was the one thing in 2020 that brought absolutely everyone together. Nobody yeah had any problems with that because it was so pleasant and uplifting.
1: Yeah, it was also like for a TikTok video, it was like a massive story. Like, mm-hmm. it
0: stuck around for a couple of weeks,
1: which like yeah. almost never happens unless it's like a huge, huge viral trend like that. And, um, and
0: Nathan uh, Apodia, I believe is his name, he's now like legitimately fucking famous.
1: Yeah, well, he was on, like, talk talk shows. Yeah. And,
0: yeah, it was pretty cool. And it seems like he, you know what, he seems like somebody who really deserved it because he was, like, living in a trailer and, like...
1: Yeah, well, it, I saw they, like, they, like, decked him out with a new house. and yeah. him a new truck. New and, truck.
0: Like, yeah, Ocean Spray h- hooked him up with, like, this fucking beautiful, like, bright red, like... Uh, uh, it was like a Toyota Tundra or something yeah, Like nice it was so dope and then uh, and, and the back of the box was all filled with cranberry <laughs> juice which is fucking hilarious because you're never going to drink that much cranberry no, juice no I don't even like cranberry juice no I only drink it when I think I might get a UTI <laughs> yeah that's not, that's,
1: not, that's not its only purpose yeah like
0: ocean spray <laughs> brought to you by UTIs <laughs> which is ironic that it's called ocean spray
1: Hmm. I love the is that ocean spray the commercials where they're all standing in the giant bogs yeah it like, is
0: yeah uh, I'm a cranberry Farmer. I'm a
1: cranberry
0: farmer. This is this is what we do here. And then it's the guy who doesn't know how to be a cranberry farmer mm. that he's teaching and he does something wrong and then the old guy just looks at him and then goes, "Hmm, but you know that in real life he'd go for fuck's sake!s You know, yeah. like I know old farmers; they wouldn't yeah. be nice. About I've never,
1: that. I've never wanted to be balls deep in cranberries until I saw that commercial. Like, <laughs> that looks like fun. Like it's That's also that funny the... that they flood cranberry. I know, fields. I know. It's very interesting.
0: Um, other tracks on this album that were great. Mm-hmm. Okay, we got "Never Going Back Again," which I think might be my favorite Fleetwood Mac. Also, song.
1: an awesome song,
0: great song. Uh, I think "Dreams" is the best on the album, but I think that. Uh, Never Going Back Again is my favorite song. Mm. If I was just going, like, based on songs. Uh, Gold Dust Woman, to end it. Fucking really fun. Really nice song. Really nice. Uh, You got Secondhand News to start it off with, which, as we've mentioned earlier, is just a fuck me if you can't find anyone else song. Uh, And then you got Songbird, which, as you were telling me earlier, not a great song.
1: Not for me, at least on this album. I wouldn't say it's a bad song. Just, I don't know if it's fits on this album which we were talking about with the chain too mm-hmm. um you know the chain stands out quite a bit i mean um songbird is definitely in the genre but i it wasn't wasn't doing it for me i guess is what i can say maybe on a different album i would enjoy it more um but in the context of rumors it, it's a bit of a sleeper for me um not something i was loving
0: yeah no i feel that and 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 i think especially where they put it in the album because mm-hmm. it's the end of a side yep so you end, like, you start it with this really upbeat thing, you end on this really slow track, and then you flip it over, and it's The Chain. Yeah. Which, I mean,
1: if you guys haven't listened to The Chain before, that bass line is just unbelievable. Yeah. And the song is, is an awesome song, which is, The Chain is my, my favorite, I think, Fleetwood Mac song Mm. Of all time. It's an unbelievable song. Great a Great really,
0: listen. Really great song for any movie soundtrack, too. Mm-hmm. When that came on in Guardians of the Galaxy 2, uh, A.I. was really high on edibles when I was watching nice. that movie in the theater. And I was just like, are you fucking kidding That's me? That's
1: the best way to watch movies. That really
0: is. Mm. I, like, I like eating a few edibles and then going to the theater.
1: Getting high and going to the theater is awesome. Getting high at home watching a movie... Eh, yeah. it's okay, but going to the Ashlow Theater yeah. is really nice. Because if I'm in my home getting stuck watching movies, I you know either I'm really into it or I'm not into it at all.
0: Yeah. yeah. Remember when we got uh, stuck? you going to talk about Little Italy. No. Whoa, oh my God. I wasn't even going to mention that. Fuck that movie. No, I was going to talk about uh, when we were... Aaron and I were going to go see Last Jedi because I got free tickets and it had been sold out, <laughs> out and we <laughs> ate some edibles, we smoked the bong right before we went into the theater and then it turns out that we got free tickets because it was a multi level marketing event and we had to listen to an hour and a half of people talking before the movie started. And so our high wore off by the time that oh, the movie it killed, started. The, vibe it killed so the vibe so, hard. so fucking hard. Yeah. And then that was a bad movie too, so it just fucking sucked. <laughs> Everything about it was bad.
1: Yeah, they were like pitching something to us. There was like a hundred people in this fucking theater. And the
0: one guy was talking about how his business failed, but he's like he had no like redemption story no there was no redemption arc. there was no Kinda, redemption I mean
1: the movie also had no the movie also had no redeeming, also <laughs> also had no redeeming <laughs> qualities either so it was just an overall uh, disappointment we won these free tickets we talked about it all day because we were working together at yeah. the time we were talking about it at work all day I was like oh yeah let's fucking go like, I'm and everybody to Star at work Wars. was
0: super fucking jealous because it was impossible to get tickets to the last Jedi at this time it was like the the day it released it was the yeah. day it, it was the it was actually the, the day before it was the it was the late screening yeah nobody could get tickets for it we were the first ones and everyone we worked with were uber nerds and we fucking got to go and then we had to learn about people being losers and yeah it sucked. sucked it sucked yeah
1: no i forgot about that actually that's, a, that's <laughs> a funny memory we'll talk about lily another time that's a whole different story
0: yeah uh okay so reception of the album let's talk about the reception people loved it Critical fucking success, commercial success. Album of the year. In nineteen seventy seven, won the Grammy for Album of the Year. Mm-hmm. Also, forty million copies worldwide. Uh, which is pretty incredible. Um, it's been on the billboard multiple times because there has been resurgences of this album.
1: Like 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 we said, Dreams recently. That yep. shot right up the charts.
0: Right up the um, charts. It was number one, which is insane. Yeah. For a song that was released forty years earlier. Mm-hmm. Um it's had multiple resurgences though, um, and it's also, it's an album that I think a lot of people generationally, uh, it, it 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 hits people differently, you know, because I I find rumors is an album that like like we're talking about it right now because it is a really good fall album, it's a it's a really good seasons changing album, mm-hmm. um, I think more so than than uh, you know their debut, even though that had landslide, I do feel like this is more of like a it, you're getting rid of the old and you're you're bringing in something new.
1: Nice. I would agree with that too. Actually, I was thinking about that on the drive over. Um, you know, right now it's fall in Calgary. Leaves are changing colors. I was driving Elbow Drive and, you know, tons of trees. Um, you know, I think I was on, I forget the name of the road, anyways, tons of trees over by the Elbow River. And it's beautiful. And I was like, I was listening to the album on the way over here and I was like, man, this is like a perfect soundtrack for the fall. Yeah. I totally agree. I had that actual same thought, like I said, on the way over here. Um, so, certainly a great fall album. And oh, yeah. I almost find like many classic rock albums, the big albums of the '70s, things like that. Every generation circles back to it. You listen to it, you know, it, it still remains relevant. You know, like a Dark Side of the Moon still remains relevant. Yeah. You know, all these big albums of that time period that stamped a sound, a, a generation of the '70s. What was going on at the time? Yeah, you know, people
0: revisit it, and it still remains current and remains popular. Um, and I feel like it hits you different at different ages. Mm-hmm. I really do feel that because I, I I was obviously I feel like we both probably grew up with it because our parents were uh, tasteful people. Yes. Good taste in music. <laughs> um, but I, I remember as a kid it was different than when I was a teenager than when I was in university to now, you know. I I and and different parts of the album hit me at different stages,
1: which which I think is a the beauty of music in general. Mm-hmm. As you as you age and grow, older, gain life experiences, you relate to songs you've been listening to for you know, just say fifteen twenty years. Yeah, you relate to them in a different way. You know, even though you know the song. Yeah. So that's it, the beauty of music, I think, in general. Um, Music's you... a beautiful thing.
0: <laughs> Let's make it, baby. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't like that either. Uh, <laughs> Anyways, let's clip uh... it. Uh, No. (laughs) Um, Okay, so let's talk about the culture at the time. Um, I found this quote, which I think is fucking hilarious, about the 70s. Uh, It was a decade characterized by frequent coups, domestic conflicts, civil wars, political upheaval, and armed conflicts. Hmm. Who said that? Uh, Wikipedia. (laughs) (laughs) See, I
1: find they get a lot of quotes, especially, uh, you know, for, for papers in university i'm often quoting th- this man called wikipedia wikipedia, yeah. wikipedia um i'm a big fan of, of all of his works actually <laughs> it's a great way to you know to, to top off a paper anybody in university right now make sure you cite wikipedia, cite wikipedia. on your
0: on your papers 100 percent factual 100% evidence valid. all the time all the time uh one time when i was in high school this is the only time i ever was plagiarizing something i flat out just copied the plot summary of a book Mm. And then used that as my uh, 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 essay on the book. Nice. And uh, my high school teacher was like, "You're a fucking moron." <laughs> like it was. It was like because and and she told me about it years later. She was like, "I literally read it and went. Spencer does not write like this. He's not this succinct."
1: Mm, oh, I remember. I. Legit, this is like grade five or grade six. I copied and pasted like a whole fucking thing from Wikipedia. And my teacher's like, there's no way you could write this. Like, I, was back there, like, I was like 12 years old. <laughs> I wrote this. It's like copied and pasted the entire fucking thing on Wikipedia. I can't remember
0: what bug report we were doing. Oh, Jesus bullshit. Christ. Yeah. Everyone only does that once though. No. <laughs> some Some people don't, I don't know if that's true or not. All um, right. Uh, cocaine, though. Yes, it, cocaine. we we've is, talked about we it talked earlier, about it. but they, it was definitely like a big thing in the in the 70s. And at the time, too, Quaaludes were also really just, big. Just
1: drugs in general. I mean, drugs in Start general. of the 70s, obviously, the hippie era. You know, yeah. Vietnam War, people protesting, protesting the Vietnam War. Where where our album comes in. <laughs> You know, where Rumors comes in. It's kind of at the end of that era.
0: You're transitioning over into the 80s where, you know, things are a little more... It's more hard drugs. More hard drugs. It's mixing an upper with a down, or not going on a psychedelic adventure.
1: Yeah, so the things have changed cultry, culturally a little bit. But at that point, it's winding down from that time. So, I mean, the... The perception of drug use and things like that are still pretty laxed. Um, I mean, compared to not even—I wouldn't say now. I mean, lots of people do drugs now, but just the way they were talked about, and cocaine wasn't viewed as this devil drug or this really hard, destructive drug. It was a drug for people with money. People, you know, yeah, it was an upper class drug. It was an upper class drug, and lots of artists at the time, you know, from comedians from like Richard Pryor to yeah. Cool. We'll get into that at some point, too. But a lot That's of... a lot discussion. Of, lot of... Yeah, that one really gets the fire burning. Uh, a lot of... Sparks a lot uh, of interest. It sure does. Makes me... <laughs> you feel the heat with that conversation. Ah! <laughs> Anyways. Anywho. Um, but... Drugs that that drug at the time specifically was an upper class drug, it wasn't yeah. frowned upon the same way it is, um, you know, in the subsequent years following into the 90s, into the 2000s, mm. you know, that sort of thing. Um, so it was a you know, a popular drug to do at the time. Um, and like we were saying too, we were talking about the Vietnam War, that's winding down. Um, economically in the United States, lots of stuff going on, gas crisis. Um, there's a little bit of a recession that way. Yep. Um, you know, you can't get gas, (laughs) you know, now gas is through the
0: roof, but at least we can get some. Yeah. Like, so. Well, it's also funny because uh, part of the reason with the gas crisis was because they were getting so much from places like Venezuela Mm -hmm. and stuff at the time. And then, uh, they, they could not, uh, import a lot of the gas, Mm -hmm. um, that ended up being a problem. And we're kind of seeing that now, too, because, like, we're having the problem with Russia, where it turns out a lot of our fucking gas comes from Russia. Yeah, well, especially in Europe, I mean. Yeah. So, similar, I guess you could, you could argue that it's
1: similar um, economically to now. There's a lot of uncertainty um, at that
0: time. Um, yeah. One thing that was not uncertain, Watergate. 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 A couple Gate. years
1: earlier, but yeah, Watergate definitely happened. Watergate definitely was
0: real. Definitely was real, and- I and, am not a crook. I am not a crook. <laughs> he moves his jowls when he talks. Uh, I'm only here because I hated people. I wanted to stay in Vietnam. Also, also To for, justify Kennedy's for, legacy. For Americans,
1: Canadians do know about American history. You guys should learn a few things yeah, about no Canadian shit. history,
0: you know? We know everything about the US history. We learn about world history in high school, not just our own country. Mhm. <clears throat> Damn right. Sorry, Boston Tea Party. I think we learned in grade 7. You sure did. Oh, fucking Christ, <laughs> you Sure like, did. <laughs> uh yeah, but Watergate happened. So, so people, uh, I think this is when people started to not trust politicians. Yes, I think that's a big part of it as well. And I mean, this is a point in time,
1: too, where protesting, you know, openly speaking out against your government was kind of the more popular thing to do. Yeah. You know, people, a lot of people were against the Vietnam War. Um, you know, look at the way they treated, well, we talked about this with Bruce Springsteen, man, the way yeah. they treated the veterans when they came back, you know, how. Young men like our age, younger than us, you know, were are forced to go to war, forced to go overseas. Yeah. Um, just terrible. Just terrible time to be an American citizen. Terrible time to, you know, live
0: in that generation coming up. Like, your lo- whole life could be taken away. And to be forced into war. Not even, like, not even to, cons- like, to join yourself to be forced into it for what threat like yeah if,
1: if i was forced to go to war to like fight the Nazis. you know what the f-
0: threat is the threat is the commies, the commies. do you want to see the red socialists come in here i do not want to see any of those reds shouting their free <laughs> socialist health care if you want something in this country you gotta earn it you don't want to give them anything away that lowers the value of life you know what the American dream is. It's work and work and work some more. And if you have any red in your blood, you will not want to work anymore. Anywho.
1: Uh, <laughs> we'll leave that at that. Uh, anyways, we, we've talked about it. Enough.
0: <laughs> that threw me for a loop. I was not expecting him to go on like a full fucking rant there. Hey, uh, okay, so let's get to the fun facts and the criticism. Mm-hmm. All right. You're up first with your fun fact. I don't even remember what I put.
1: Oh, I, I was talking about her writing writing dreams. So Stevie Nicks, this is why I were talking about this earlier, too. Stevie Nicks wrote dreams in sly stone i thought they were talking about sylvester stallone when i heard it the first time she's like yeah. in his studio on his bed i was like why was she on his bed why, she, why does sylvester stallone have a have a studio like is he like bruce willis doing the bruce willis thing <laughs> but no it's sly stone of sly and the family stone who's saying you know
0: ah, ah. I am, am everyday, everyday people.
1: people. Anyways, not Sylvester Sloan. not Rocky, <laughs>
0: not your Adrian,
1: not the same, not the same person. Oh. Anyways, she yeah, was... he probably
0: just wants a new spy partner for Apollo. <laughs> she
1: she used to go to his studio, Sly Stone, um, of Sly and the Family Stone, just to be clear. He used to go to his studio to uh, get away from all the shit going on with the band, long recording hours. So he had a massive bed in the middle of his studio, which I'm sure he just used for sleeping. <laughs> (laughs) Uh, So we this (laughs) massive bed in the studio, and she wrote it on the bed. She wrote the lyrics to the song, and then there was a piano, like, think 70s, there's a drop floor, and there's a piano in the middle of the drop floor, walked on some steps, um, and she wrote she wrote the song on that piano in that studio while they were recording other stuff. Um that's my my one fun fact, I guess. Yeah. Um that's a pretty cool story. I I watched um if you guys are ever curious about more about the album, there's a a documentary on YouTube about the making of Rumours. I don't um, think
0: they go into as much detail as we do though. No.
1: no, we really we're really sticklers for we're the really details. We're really sticklers for the facts.
0: <laughs> um my fun fact is that when Uh, Lindsey Buckingham was recording Never Going Back Again. The producer, to get as crisp a sound as possible, requested that they restring his guitar every 20 minutes. And so... Tedious. Very tedious. Lindsey Buckingham agreed. And then the producer said he felt bad for the guitar tech who three times an hour had to restring the guitar all day Mm. for multiple days.
1: Yeah, that sounds, like, not fun.
0: But if you listen to it, it does sound very crisp. Yeah. Yeah, to be fair, I
1: mean, the guitar is one of the the main parts of the album. Mm-hmm. It's pretty wicked. Also, you said Never Going Back. That was actually another fun fact I had. Um, that's the original title of the album. That was the working title. Really? Yes. And um, I was in that documentary, they were talking about how it became Rumors. So John McVie actually suggested the title, um... Not even just because of what was going on, he just thought it would fit better because the um, outside, the press was talking about the band quite a bit, and there was lots of you know stories going on about what was happening within the band. Obviously, divorces when you're a celebrity are public things. Even in the '70s, it was a public thing. Um, so that was kind of why they got why they went with the name Rumors. But it also fits really well because they're singing about each other and singing, you know, their perspective about what's happening in their relationship, their breakups. So it's it's like almost a perfect title. Um, so that's my other fun fact, I guess. Is That's that, a great fact. Yeah, that, that John McVie came up with that title. More about what the press
0: was saying. That's the only thing he's ever contributed. And the baseline in... Uh, in, in the chain. In the chain, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that too. That too. Uh, all right. So now we got to get into the review. Uh, actually, no, we got to do criticism first, mm-hmm. I guess. Um, so my criticism... Uh, Don't Stop, Worst Song Ever.
1: Mm. See, I don't agree with that. (laughs) And I didn't even write down a criticism. I had a hard time coming up with one. Um, But I guess I I gave a one earlier about about Songbird not quite fitting. And then I'd also say it's a positive and a negative um, that the chain stands out so differently from the album. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, it's a great way to start off the second half. Um, I wish, I guess I wish there was a couple more tracks. Like You replace a couple tracks in there with, Song similar in tone, I would I would also um, be on board with that, but I I can't really think of like a real overarching
0: criticism. No, I I and and I I'm also kind of struggling with it. That's why I just say like, don't stop. Yeah. But it it is it is partially just because I feel like there's a little too much uh, it, a little too much repetition in mm. that song. Yeah, compared so, to anything else. And in that's the album.
1: that's your main your main beef with that song then is just the that it repeats itself over and over. Yeah. yeah. And that's, I mean, that's one of their big songs too. But I, I can, yeah. I can understand that. I mean, it does kind of. But I understand right why out. it would
0: be a hit too. Yeah, it because it's got that. It's got that commercial appeal. Mm-hmm. All right, now we're into the review of the album. The review of the album. The real so, nitty gritty. When we reviewed our first album, we gave Bruce Springsteen's Born in the U.S.A. seven and a half out of ten. Nice. So we go through this and we talk about the technical element. The musical element, the lyrics, reception, album art, and does it hold up? So we have six categories that we have to go through.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, technical element. I would personally give it like a nine out of ten.
1: It's super crisp. It's super crisp. I, I would go similar. I'm maybe I'll just to be different. I'll go eight and a half. But mm. it's super super crisp. Um, you know, every sound is chosen. Um and everything done on the album is a direct decision. Um, yeah, so it feels like it's been looked There's over. There's no fluff in that. Yeah, fine tooth comb through everything, and it's it's purposeful. Yeah. in and everything done with it. So I agree with that. Yeah, I will give it an eight and a half. You give it a nine.
0: Yeah, so we'll go eight point seven five on eight point seven five. Okay. All right. Uh, musical element. I that. would I would say I would say an eight. An eight. I would say an eight only because. I think that the songs that are amazing are really, really fucking amazing. Like anything with uh, anything with Buckingham, you know, just fucking finger picking mm-hmm. is is great. Um, the bass line in the chain is amazing, but I also think that there's things that are lacking. I feel like there's there's a few moments where like. I just feel like there is a little bit of unnecessary uh uh things with like the keyboard or like drums and songs, for instance. Yeah. I feel like there's some songs that just didn't need the drums in them. But I, I I'm not saying that they need to be taken out. I'm saying like maybe it was too much of a focus in the song.
1: Okay. Uh, I, I would I could agree with that, I guess. I'd have to, you know, look at it through that perspective and give it a listen. Um I'm I'm gonna give it musically, I'm gonna give it like a like a nine and a half. I mm. I think it's awesome. I mean all the sounds are real Real beautiful. I think everything fits really well. Um, they work really well together. Yep. Like You mentioned Buckingham. Buckingham's guitar is just unbelievable on this album. Um, so right, right from the top to bottom, even Mix Ringo Starr drumming, is <laughs> even even good for his standards. So I, you know, I'm giving it a, a good rating. I'll give it a nine and a half. I like that. Okay,
0: so so we're at a nine yeah. right now. Uh, lyrics, oof. I got to give it a nine. Yeah. Giving it a nine, giving it a nine. The only reason it wouldn't be a 10 is because some of the repetition and some of the lyrics. Nice.
1: Yeah. Uh, I can, I could say a nine is pretty fair. mm -hmm. Um, I think some of the, some of the songs are iconic because of their lyrics. I mean, dreams, dreams is a lyrical song. Like it's beautiful. Um, never going back again, never going back again. Another one.
0: So I can get on board with that. Yeah. I I
1: think a nine's a fair
0: rating. All right. All right. And then we got to get into reception. It's received very well. Mm -hmm. Um, honestly uh received better than bruce springsteen despite the fact that it was not as much of a commercial success yeah so i would i would i would say probably i'd i'd have to drop that one down a little bit only because of the fact that like its commercial success was not nearly as high as a lot of other artists so i'd give a seven and a half out of ten okay seven and a half out of ten
1: um I go eight just because over time it's it's grown to be a massive album so I'll give it an eight
0: okay um, so we're at we're at we're at about eight and a half right now yeah. overall uh album art awesome. uh yeah I would say it's iconic but mm-hmm. it doesn't look a lot different than Fleetwood Max I just noticed he's got a set of balls hanging. Down. <laughs> I don't know
1: if you can see that on camera. He's
0: got a set of balls. Dude, <laughs> I didn't notice that before. What the fuck? Yeah, he's got a set of balls hanging down. See, I like the front, but I also think I
1: prefer the back. I think the back honesty, does look better. I think the back but is if pretty we're, cool. If we're looking
0: at album art in general, we gotta include the back. Yeah, as well. that's true. So I would actually, you know what? I'd I'd probably say seven and a half. It's not it's not amazing, but it's it is recognizable.
1: Yeah, I'd say it's a pretty iconic album. Yeah. Um, uh, like the art wise. Yeah, I'll give it, I can agree with that. I mean, I don't want to stray too differently because I feel like we have very similar opinions, We have very similar but tastes. yeah, I think, I think the back is pretty awesome. Um, but yeah, that, that, you know what? For the set of nuts, I'm going to give it a nine.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so, set. so right now we're still at an eight and a half for the album. And does it hold up? I'm going to say yes. I think it absolutely holds up. Yeah. So, uh, Fleetwood Mac rumors, eight and a half out of 10, eight and a half out of 10, eight and a half out of 10. Out of ten. Uh, take that Bruce Springsteen.
1: Suck it, Bruce. <laughs> okay, so
0: we're at the end of the podcast. I want to say uh, I am sorry that the first episode, I didn't know how to sign off. I didn't know how to end this. It was mm. really awkward. Uh, I spent a lot of time just rambling.
1: Well, we'll start with thank you for listening. Thank
0: you so much for listening. We um, appreciate
1: anybody's support that's watching the show. If you have any suggestions, feel free to shout shout to us on Instagram, yep. um, TikTok. Instagram,
0: TikTok, leave it in the comments on YouTube or wherever you're listening to your podcast if it has a comment section. We will read everything uh subscribe to us like us it helps with the algorithm it helps us get more listeners if you do like us uh please tell your friends that that honestly is a big thing word of mouth word of mouth helps us a ton Mm -hmm. uh other than that thank you so much and uh we'll see you next week